As you all know, I use Anchor FM to record all of my podcasts. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. Anchor has all the tools that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And to top it off, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, y'all, it's completely free. Free 99. Download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Good evening, everybody. It is Dahlia J here on this uh, good old evening. Um, today is the first episode of Black and Blooming, and I have myself a guest here to talk about diversity with me. So I'll go ahead and let her introduce herself. Hi, everyone. My name is Samora Horsley. Oh, so can you tell us a little about yourself? Um, so I'm a junior here at the university. Um, I have a spoken word poetry club called Wolf Speaks, and yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. I've definitely seen her in action. She has some great poetry. So if any of you guys ever see any flyers or anything up for her events, you should definitely go because they do a good job. So I'm going to go ahead and start us off with a song just so you know. We're here and um, I just feel like that's probably the best way to start this off right now. So let's go ahead. Oh, mm-hmm. 
so that was beauty by drew hill so you know if you want to go look it up on spotify and listen to it again you can um so i kind of just wanted to set the mood for the show you know a nice vibe so we're gonna go ahead and get started so samara can i ask you to define what diversity is to you diversity for me is just having a variety of people um different social classes different races um ableness like if you're disabled or not um from just people of different backgrounds all coming together and in one place okay okay i think that's a pretty good summary of what diversity is i mean yeah you said it like not just different races but people who are able unable um different backgrounds different ages mm -hmm. just everyone has something different to bring to the table I think that's a good definition of diversity. Um, and why is it important to you? It's important because you want to make sure everyone has a voice. And then there's different intersectionalities that happen with people's identity. And so we want to make sure when you're attempting to address the issue, you're addressing all of the issues and everything that affects that person and you know, affects the community. And so just having those different voices can help you better understand the situation. And it just makes um like more fun when you have a variety of people you get to learn and grow i think that's true yeah okay so we're gonna move on to talking about um a diversity hire now i don't know if everyone knows what this is but um it was probably about a week ago i was watching a video by this youtuber that i like watching nikki glamour love her videos love her story times definitely a fan and she did a story time where she was talking about how she was hired at this 
it was either a call center or a law firm. And she was saying that during the interview process, she noticed that the lady didn't really ask her a whole bunch of questions. And I guess I probably should have mentioned this before, but Nikki Glamour is a Latina woman. And she was saying that the interviewer didn't ask her a whole lot of questions. She didn't really ask her anything about her credibility. And she basically was telling her during the interview, like, oh, you have the job, you know? And, you know, she said she thought it was kind of odd because normally they ask, like, more intuitive questions. She kind of has to prove herself to, you know, show that she's going to be a good asset to their company. And so she said she started working there and everything. And during that process, there were, like, a lot of white women who worked there. And she said that they would make, you know, some comments like, I remember one of the things she said in the video was that um, the lady put something in the microwave and it, like, like went all over so you know so her food was like all over the microwave and so she was like oh I don't know what I'm gonna do how am I gonna clean this microwave and so she looks at Nikki and she's like you guys know how to clean really well how do you get this out oh yeah and so I'm watching the video and I'm like hold up what she really had the nerve to say that and um so then she was telling her that again you know, it was a different occasion. She was talking about her friend starting a business and her friend had started a jewelry business. And so, you know, she was just mentioning to people how she was really excited for her friend. And one of the ladies at the office was like, let me guess, she's selling tacos. No. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah. And she said, you know, as time went on, there were like different things that kind of made her think, okay, these some, you know, some racist people. So one day... Her boss tells her, oh, this person's going to come in and ask you some questions about what it's like working here and everything, you know, and, you know, just just answer honestly and truthfully. And so come to find out the guy who was coming in to talk to her was um, coming in to evaluate like their um, I think it was from HR or something to evaluate like, you know, racism because there had been reports of racism because Apparently, they had gotten reported because there was a transgender woman who worked there before her who was of color, mm -hmm. and she ended up quitting because of some racist and most likely transphobic remarks. Wow. So, does this bring, like, what do you think about this? Like, does this bring any um, memories to your mind? <laughs> like, has there ever been a time where you felt like you've been hired or someone has wanted you be wanted to be a part of something just so they can say oh we have black people or we have somebody of color i feel like that's just the entire experience of growing up in reno as a person of color <laughs> where you just like you don't know these people actually want you around because it's going to help their like their business or their um social status or something like, I remember growing up and, like, people would treat me like I was, like, the black friend. And, like, oh, you know, I have the black friend. And I'm just, like, bro, mm -hmm. you don't even talk to me. Like, yes. what are you talking about? <laughs> um, but, yeah, I feel like that's so terrible. But I feel that's not uncommon at all. Yeah, coming from a person who's gone to school with predominantly white people yes. most of my life. It's very much a thing where you bring up race, they're immediately uncomfortable, and um, 
one, one of their favorite questions to ask you is, why does everything have to be about race? Because I'm black. Exactly. <laughs> That's why. And also, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that gets to you that, like, people don't understand. So there's, like, microaggressions. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't get that that's a microaggression. They'll be like, oh, you're pretty for a black girl. And I'm like, I'm pretty for, for a girl. Okay? Yeah. That's actually your twin feelings. You know, feelings just assumes that black women are on a different level or something. Yes. And it's like, oh, black women can't be pretty. They can't be beautiful. Like... Don't get me started on asking if that's your real hair. We'll we'll, we'll save that for another episode. But <laughs> asking about okay. hair, it depends on the person. I just be like, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Right. So my head is real. Exactly. <laughs> if it's it, even even if it's not real, if I pay for I it, it's it. mine. Yes. <laughs> um. So yeah, yeah. When I was watching that story, I was definitely just sitting there like, there's definitely been some times. I worked at a bridal shop. Um, in Vegas, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and um, so the people who, you know, it was privately owned. And, you know, they made some statements um, about their political opinions. But, you know, I, I try not to judge people. We, you know, we, we have different opinions. But just like the way that the man would, like, talk to me sometimes. I remember I asked him a question once. Just, you know, double check because... It is a job. I'm not I'm not trying to like mess anything up. I was new and I didn't work there that often. And so he was like, yeah, like, yeah. And then the way he said it, I, I forgot how exactly he said it, but he basically said something along the lines of basically like saying that was a dumb question. Yeah, and he was like, guess I should. He said something along the lines of like, guess I shouldn't have said that there are no dumb questions. Like there are no stupid questions. And then when I brought it up to him afterwards, I was like, I didn't really appreciate how you said that. Because it made me cry. I'm, I'm a very sensitive person. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm kind of getting out of that. Say that to me today and I'm a report. HR. Um, <laughs> and so I brought it up to him afterwards and he was not apologetic about it at all. He was just like, well, that's not what I meant. But it was something that you should have already known. But you're asking questions, so... Exactly. So, right. Exactly. And then I, um, you know, there were a whole lot of issues with that job, but um, I was the only black person working there. Mm. So that was already an issue. And, you know, there was a girl who worked there who had been, like, who was Vietnamese and she'd been working there. But the thing about her was she was friends with their daughter oh. and she had been working there for years. So, you know how, like, after a while, like, white people, they stop seeing you as your race because they like, oh, you've been with us for so long. <laughs> so they be, they be forgetting mm -hmm. that you are not white. I, I feel like that might have been what happened. Yeah. But um, I just did not have a very pleasant experience working mm -hmm. there, and I would never go back. But that's a tricky place to be when they forget that you're not white because they start saying some things. Um, that they wouldn't have said otherwise. Yep. And I'm just like, oh, wow. So what we not about to do yeah. <laughs> is forget. So before I play our next song, I wanted to get us started talking about diversity in the media. So when you, when I say like diversity and I talk about media, whether that's like corporations or celebrities, um, actors, um, musicians what comes to mind when you think about that i think about like immediately growing like growing up 
So when I was younger, there wasn't a lot of diversity on screen. Like if you saw a black woman, she was probably like lighter skin, um, you know, had her hair straight, didn't have a gap or anything like that. And so like, it was hard growing up because you didn't see people who looked like you. And so it was hard to be like, oh, I want to be that. But um, nowadays, I feel like it's a little bit diverse, but I feel like it's a, it's a trend. <laughs> They're like, we're just gonna put a black person here. Not because that our company represents that or it's for black people or, you know, it does anything to help the community, just it'll look good for our commercials. Yeah, like, okay. it's like tokenism. Yes. And I, mm, that burns my britches, if I do say so myself. Yeah, I definitely agree. When I think of shows about like diversity, I think of Grownish. I love Grownish. Mm, yeah. That's my show. I, you know, dear white people, I love them. Oh, so good. They got the chocolate rainbow on there, and I'm just like living my best life. <laughs> but when I think about different brands and stuff like that are super popular in the media, they're not pushing for diversity. They throw up like a black girl or someone who is of color every once in a while. And then I think a, a huge thing that I've noticed is this is kind of getting into colorism, but when they do throw up um, people of color, color, whether they're like black or Asian, they're normally fair-skinned. Yes. And that starts the problem of, oh, this is closer to being white, so this is what we find more attractive or is more suitable to fit our brand because it's diverse, but not too diverse. Yeah, and like not to get off topic too much, but like when I think of like the natural hair movement and how everyone, you know, all the shows are doing the products, all the like commercials have the products for natural hair. It's always like very, a very loose curl and like not what you think of like when you think of like the Afro back in the day. It's very like an unattainable curl unless you're like of mixed race or something. And so I just like, that's just colorism just adding on to it. Cause it's just like, oh, you can, this product will work for you if, you, if you're not <laughs> black essentially. Exactly. Cause I know me personally, I have 4C hair. Ain't no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And I remember when I first started like doing natural hairstyles, doing twist outs and stuff, looking on YouTube, I would see that there were a lot of mixed race girls. And, you know, obviously we appreciate all black women out there, but we're looking and I'm looking for people who have my hair texture and no one has it. And so I'm trying to do these hairstyles. I'm trying to do wash and goes and all this <laughs> other stuff. And I'm just like, I was my my hair don't do a wash and go. Mm -hmm. I was trying to figure out why this stuff wasn't working, why I couldn't get it like theirs. And I was just like, I don't think he got the same hair. <laughs> exactly. And that's the prime. That's like one of the problems right there. So we're going to um, come on back to this topic, but I'm going to play y'all, you know, a nice little song. So this is Unlawful by Lahara. Enjoy. I like to fight a little dirty, baby.
She's a YouTuber. Her YouTube um, username is Brie Hall. So if you want to go support, you know, she has her videos. So, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> back to um, our subject at hand. So um, while we were on break, we started talking about tokenism and how it's a thing um, in our personal lives, which I think it's a, a huge, huge and very, like, complicated, like, subject so that might be another episode but yeah i was just telling um samara how i have friends who have other friends who are not pocs and how they'll say things that are racist or they'll have some sort of like prejudiced or racist behavior and not realize that they are doing those things just because they have a black friend or a friend who is of color it's like so it's so important to call people out like respectfully but like yeah and even people of color um once in a while there's like people who are like non-black who just be saying the n-word all the time and i was like bro slavery like were you in slavery for that many years no do not do not be saying that i don't you're you have oppression and it's different which i'm not using your terms exactly so that's not fine Ooh, the N word. Other people of people of color who are not black saying the N word. Ooh, that's Stop. that's a whole other subject. But don't say it. If you're not black, don't say it. If you one percent like some people who on social media took a DNA test, found out they one percent black, talking about some I'm a black girl. You don't can't say it. That's all we gonna say. Um, but. Talking about diversity in media, it kind of made me think about the whole dope drama situation. So, Samara, I don't know if you've heard about this before prior to me telling you, but um, there were a bunch of different YouTubers who spoke out about this. I think it was last summer. I think it was during the summer last year. So... When I first heard about it, because I don't buy any, I don't use Doe, I don't use the app, I don't, like, do anything like that, but it's Keisha, I saw her video, and she was talking about how, like, she 
there was like a YouTuber, I forget her name, but she was a YouTuber and she was mixed. So um, mixed with black and I think white. And she was like vlogging. And so she was showing where like she was staying versus like the other girls. So they had, I think it was like four black girls and then four like white girls. Or it might have just been like four POCs and four white girls. And so where this girl was showing that she was staying, there was like, they were basically sleeping on couches. Like they didn't have real beds wow. in the house that they were in. And so when you look at the white girls vlogs, they have like beds, they have really nice rooms on the other side of the house. And not only was the issue between like, there was unequal like sleeping spaces, it's like, all the white girls are over on one side and all the black girls are over on another. Yeah. So that's like segregation. So it's Keisha um, filmed her video talking about those things and how even when she looks through like Don't's Instagram page, they like sprinkle a black girl in like every once in a while and how she's noticed that this is a trend amongst a lot of different brands and stuff, especially when it comes to like YouTube and like influencers and that type of thing. And so there were other YouTubers who spoke up about the incident as well. Um, there was Love from Leah X and Kiana Naomi. Like they were also talking about how like they went on trips or a trip with Doe and then they were treated a certain way. There were um, one mention that there was a photographer who didn't want to take pictures of the black women. Yes. And how they had like activities for them and... I think one of the activities was a Brazilian blowout and then the other activity was like a massage. And obviously black women who are natural or who have their hair in locks or braids or anything of the sort, you don't want to blow out. Like yeah. you already have your style. So that was just very disrespectful, non-inclusive. And um, they also addressed their apology that Doe issued, which was kind of iffy in my opinion. But... <laughs> You know, do what you do. So when I talk about something like that, like, does this bring anything to mind or anything that you've noticed through the media? Um, just pretty much the same stuff you were saying. We were like, you just see people just sprinkling black people in because it helps their business or somehow it's profitable, profitable to have um, black people in your commercials and stuff. And so... But then the actual company doesn't support black people. The products are not good for black people. And it just makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. There was another brand that I noticed. I won't call them out. I mean, it was okay to call Dota out because, you know, they've already been called out. But this brand, I'll tell you on breaks tomorrow. Um, they are, they're not based in the U.S., but there, when I go and look at their website and their like Instagram page, there are no, and I mean no black people on there at all, mm. at all. And I remember like thinking to myself like, oh, I want to buy from them and everything. Yeah. And then I was like, hold up, who do I look like spending <laughs> my money on a company that does not even represent me? If you don't represent me, then I feel then that means you don't care about me. Yeah. And if you don't care about me, you don't deserve my money because I work hard for my money. So I'm not going to spend it on a brand that doesn't care. Mm -hmm. And then I remember on um, a story back in the day 
well, probably even now, there's, like, these white girls, and they would, like, put on obsessive amounts of makeup and get tans to look like black women. And then they would sell and promote black hair products that, that yes, that they think, that I'm like, you can't use those. Like, how do you know? And they begin reviews. And I'm just, I was just so mortified. I was just like, like these women are literally taking everything <laughs> the essence of a black woman and I'm like a black woman could have actually been doing this and could have been getting a check you know getting some money for this and you're literally it makes no sense the streams that white women go to I don't understand right like that part and it's just at the end of the day you have to recognize that as a black woman you are beautiful and like I said, bleach and creams us for a whole nother day. Mm -hmm. But that's also a thing that yeah. people will try to do and sell. Um, and that hits on the issue of colorism. Yeah. More, but yeah. Definitely. So I would definitely, yeah. Medias, companies, they really try to use um, black people in order to be like, we're not racist. We do care about you. When in all like actuality, they don't. Yeah. And universities as well. Mm -hmm. um, they will put, I, I don't know how many pamphlets I have opened and seen people I know. And I'm like, how did they get in this? <laughs> right? <laughs> wow, they're famous. And I'm like, no, they're just the only black person in that department. That's why they're on it. If that's so funny because I even think back to high school and... I didn't see my face on anything in high school. If I wasn't in a club mm -hmm. or it wasn't my yearbook photo, I wasn't in any of the pictures. But I come to college where there's 21,000 of us instead of 3,000 and I see my face on a wall. Yeah, it's 3%. I'm just like, whoa, <laughs> that's wild. Right? And yeah, just it's just so funny. Um, like one of the buildings here is like very, very diverse. And so they always take the kids through that, that building. <laughs> and then as soon as they leave, like five, 50 feet out, <laughs> all the diversity just disappears. Right. And I'm just like, I hope their parents are seeing this. <laughs> it's kind of funny because then I think back to when, like, I came to visit before I made my decision to come here. And I did not realize that it wasn't as, it wasn't diverse until it was moving day. And then I was like, oh, um, I hear it's 3% or around like 600 black people in this campus. And you know, there's how many people go to this school? About 21,000. Yeah. And so you, honestly, that's, we should just know each other at this point. Right. <laughs> Speaking of which, when you, I don't know if it's just me, but even if I don't know the black person, I say hi. I always like <laughs> try to smile. There's some people, um, mostly like the guys, I don't know why, <laughs> but they'd be like, trying to avoid eye contact but i'm just like you're black i'm black there's only like three black people here i'm trying to right we, we try to make connections you know but in honor of us talking about you know diversity and black people i'm gonna go ahead and play chocolate high Might 
about the media and everything beforehand and how tokenism plays a big role 
in um, brands marketing and trying to sell their product to people. So um, I know before we played Chocolate High, um, Samara mentioned universities and how it's sometimes that they can use tokenism too in order to try to get like um, people of color to come to the university and spend their money and everything. So can you tell me a little bit more about your thoughts on that? Um, universities, it's just so easy to get on promotional material. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, my face is up there. <laughs> but also, like, tokenism just becomes a thing where, like, you get, pe you get people of color or people of different backgrounds to come to your university, and then you don't care about the retention. Or you go to classes, and none of the professors look like you. Or you go to the you go down to um, like the student shop, right? And they have makeup and they have you know hair products, and none of them you can't use any of them because mm -hmm. none of them are your shade or none of them are for your hair type. And it's it's sound it sounds kind of crazy that they want you here, but then nothing here is welcoming. And then you this campus in specific has a long history of being racist, um, so it is racist. And just the you know the people there and they don't condemn it at all mm -hmm. like they do a statement but we want to see action and that's right. what's important you want to feel welcome and safe on this campus yeah i feel that yeah it's like you can type up words and apologize for what you said all day but at the end of the day what are you physically doing what legislation are you trying to get passed in order to support your students on campus who are from marginalized backgrounds and who are minorities and who feel unsafe and unwelcome. And seeing as how I'm going into debt to go here, I should feel very welcome. <laughs> yes. So yeah, it's definitely an issue that really burns my britches sometimes. Mm -hmm. Just like the biggest one that just gets on my nerves, it's just that like I pay to come here and like I see like no professors of color and, like, my sister goes to um, a historical black college called Spelman, which is ex absolutely the opposite. Mm -hmm. It's all black women. And, um, like, when she describes her experiences, I just feel like, dang, I wish you and I was like that. Right. And I think another issue that's really rampant on this campus, ain't gonna call out nobody, but I, what I what I don't understand is how there are so many black people on campus and there's different black organizations but I don't feel like we are working together in the way that we should in order to support one another like and it's sad to see because I feel and this is not just like a thing on campus it's a thing with like black people in general but I feel like if we were to come together and support each other like it seems like every other um, minority has done, I feel like we'd be a lot farther than what we are right now. It's important it's important to support the cause and not and not just like rely on like your personal loyalties or you know yeah. or this and that. Like the goal should be furthering the advancement of black people or people just people of color in general, but especially in the black community, black people. And I feel, I definitely feel that. I feel like there's always some type of drama mm -hmm. and we can't do a fundraiser together because blank and blank don't like blank and blank. And I'm like, wow. we try to bring everyone together in this place. Mm -hmm. And, but I feel 
like the Black History Month events have been a little bit helpful. Yeah. Because um, the center did a good job of just putting everyone's events on the same flyer. Yes. Because um, otherwise, you just wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I I love the center. Oh, that's my place. It's it's a great place. Please go. <laughs> yes, definitely. Safe space on campus. The center. And that's another thing. So I went to a Black Scholars Dinner last night, um, which was hosted by Ayanna, by Ayanna Redford. It was great. And I got there, you know, let me just put this disclaimer out there. So you could write an a essay to be read at the dinner. I didn't write one. And my reasoning is I was stressed that week and that Sunday was my birthday. So I was like... I was having a conniption trying to finish something that I had volunteered to do the day before I was supposed to go back home. And I started crying. I was like, you know what? I can't do this. I can't do this. I have did what I was supposed to be volunteering to do, turn that in. And I said, I'm not touching anything else. I'm not writing anything else. I'm doing any more homework. I'm not even taking my computer with me. And so I didn't write the essay. And I was really sad because I was like, I really wanted to go. I really wanted to go. And then, you know. I got a message that was like, oh, the essay is optional. You can still come. And I said, bet. And so I went there and the turnout was not what I expected. I was expecting there to be like probably at least 50 of, you know, black students there. I think there was a grand total of seven. And one of them was one of the coordinators for the event. And it just really brought to brought some perspective to the issue of like a lot of times black people will be like oh we want this we want this event on campus we want this on campus and then once they get it they don't show up i think it also depends on the event like i i did go like to the black um the campus put it on the roller skating event a lot mm-hmm. of black people there it was pretty great um I think the essay did deter some people. I, I definitely, so I was like, I got to do regular school. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even getting money for this essay. Like, no. Um, but also, I think there's just a big stigma around ASUN um, mm. and whatever they try to put on an event because you don't actually know if they're doing it because they care or they're doing it for appearances. And I think that's where a lot of black people are unsure and of the black people in that organization mm-hmm. just like are they actually working for us or are they you know not um mm-hmm. but that's a good point yeah so i think that had to do with it but yeah if you want everyone to be there everyone says that they're about it mm-hmm. and then they don't show up um it does it does hurt and it doesn't bring any unity it doesn't Let's get unified, y'all. Mm-hmm. Let's get unified. That's that should be our goal for twenty twenty. Let's get unified. Do it. Yes. Um. So, I mean, that's pretty much it on my experiences with diversity. Or unless we go on tangents, I, I have a couple stories, but you know, some people. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that mainly I think how I think about diversity now. It's just like I want people to care, like no matter what your background is, how much money you make, what color you are, like anything. I just want people to know that representation is important. Activism is important. All of those things are necessary because once we stop fighting for what we believe in and we stop um telling those people in charge this is what we want we care about this then that's when 
we we stop having it. That's when they're like, oh, they don't care about it anymore. They don't talk about it anymore. We, we might be able to get rid of this. And so I just think that being diverse not only makes the world a better place because we all have different ideas. We all have all these different ways of doing things. And even like when people go different places and they immerse themselves in a different culture, they come back with a whole new perspective because mm-hmm. that's something that's different from them. That's something that they're not used to. And I think that that's a great experience. And I think it's important to have that because the world is diverse. And so when you go in places and you don't see other people that look like you and you don't feel welcome and you don't have safe spaces it makes you feel like you don't matter. Um, I guess the only thing I was gonna say was just that it's also so important to be educated. I feel like coming to this university and like seeking out classes that talk about diversity and history and things and learning like the actual history. Mm-hmm. And you know, learning like what actually, like all these people that you don't, they don't tell you about is so important. And I feel like that changes your perspective. Like if you're on this campus, and they're going to make you, you know, you got to take these classes anyway. At least try to educate yourself because I've learned so much um, just from, like, the professors of color here that I do Ooh. have. That is, yes. Say a lot of the people in the back. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I definitely agree. So, um, <clears throat> that's pretty much it for this first episode aka my uh, pilot episode of black and blooming i come out on wednesdays from five to six so i hope that you guys tune in again next week have a great week y'all